I invite us together to begin our service. Blessed be our God, forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we pray you graciously to behold this, your family, for whom our Lord Jesus Christ was willing to be handed over and given into the hands of sinners and to suffer death upon the cross, who now lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. See, my servant shall prosper. He shall be exalted and lifted up and shall be very high. Just as there were many who were astonished at him, so marred was his appearance beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of mortals. So he shall startle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him, for that which had not been told them they shall see, and that which they had not heard they shall contemplate. Who has believed what we have heard? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by others, a man of suffering and acquainted with infirmity. And as one from whom others hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him of no account. Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases, and yet we accounted him stricken and struck down by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole, and by his bruises we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have all turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shears is silent. So he did not open his mouth. By a perversion of justice, he was taken away. Who could have imagined his future? For he was cut off from the land of the living and stricken for the transgression of my people. They made his grave with the wicked and his tomb with the rich, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him with pain. When you make his life an offering for sin, he shall see his offspring and shall prolong his days. Through him, the will of the Lord shall prosper. Out of his anguish, he shall see light. He shall find satisfaction through his knowledge. The righteous one, my servant, shall make many righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will allot him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured himself out to death, 
and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And are so far from my cry and from the words of my distress. Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not answer. By night as well, but I find no rest. Yet you are the Holy One. Enthroned upon the praises of Israel. Our forefathers put their trust in you. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried out to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not put to shame. But as for me, I am a worm and no man. Scorned by all and despised by the people. All who see me laugh me to scorn. They curl their lips and wag their heads saying, He trusted in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him if he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me out of the womb. And kept me safe upon my mother's breast. I have been entrusted to you ever since I was born. You were my God when I was still in my mother's womb. But be not far from me, for trouble is near. And there is none to help. Many young bulls encircle me. Strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their jaws at me. Like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart within my breast is melting wax. My mouth is dried out like a pot shred. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. And you have laid me in the dust of the grave. Packs of dogs close me in and gangs of evildoers circle around me. They pierce my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them. They cast lots for my clothing. Be not far away, O Lord. You are my strength. Hasten to help me. Save me from the sword. My life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth. My wretched body from the horns of wild bulls. I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. Praise the Lord, you are that you that fear him. Stand in awe him, O offspring of Israel, and all you of Jacob's line give glory. For he does not despise nor abhor the poor in their poverty, neither does he hide his face from them. But when they cry to him, he hears them. My praise is of him in the great assembly. I will perform my vows in the presence of those who worship him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied, and those who seek the Lord shall praise him. May your heart live forever. All the ends of earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations bow down before him. For kingship belongs to the Lord. He rules over the nations. To him alone, all who sleep in the earth bow down and worship. All who go down to the dust fall before him. My soul shall live for him. My descendants shall serve him. They shall be known as the Lord's forever. They shall come and make known to a people yet unborn. 
the saving deeds that he has done. A reading from the book of Hebrews. The Holy Spirit testifies saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. He also added, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. Therefore, my friends, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through the flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us approach with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The passion of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. After Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley to a place where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who had betrayed him, also knew the place because Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas brought a detachment of his soldiers together with police from the chief priests and the Pharisees and they came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that was to happen to him, came forward and asked them, Whom are you looking for? They answered, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus replied, I am he. Judas, who had betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they stepped back and fell to the ground. Again, he asked them, whom are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you were looking for me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that has been spoken. I did not lose a single one of those whom you gave to me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it, struck the high priest slave, and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, put your sword back into its sheath. Am I not to drink the cup the Father has given me? So the soldiers, their officer, and the Judean police arrested Jesus and bound him. First they took him to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Cepheus, the high priest that year, Cepheus, who was the one who had advised the Judean leadership that it was better to have one person die for the people. Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Jesus was standing outside the gate. So the other disciples 
disciple who was known to the high priest went out, spoke to the woman who guarded the gate, and brought Peter in. The woman said to Peter, You are not also one of the man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the slave and the police had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing around it and warming themselves. Peter also was standing with them and warming himself. Then the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching. Jesus answered, I've spoken openly to the world. I've always taught in the synagogues and the temple where all the Judeans come together. I've said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who heard what I said to them, and they know what I said. When he had said this, one of the police standing nearby struck Jesus on the face, saying, Is this how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered, If I have spoken wrongly, testify to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? Then Anna sent him bound to Cepheus, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. They asked him, You are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, the cock crowed. Then they took Jesus from Caiaphas to Pilate's headquarters. It was early in the morning. They themselves did not enter the headquarters so as to avoid ritual defilement and to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate went out to them and said, What accusations do you bring against this man? They answered, If this man was not a criminal, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. The Judeans replied, We are not permitted to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill what Jesus had said when he, was when he indicated the kind of death he was to die. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Judeans? Jesus answered, Did you not, did you ask this on your own or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Judean, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Judeans. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate answered him, Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, What is truth? After he had said this, he went out to the Judeans again and told them, I find no case against him. But you have a custom that I release someone to you at the Passover. Do you want me to release For you, the king of the Judeans, they shouted in reply, not this man, but Barbarus. Now Barbarus was a bandit. 
Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. And the, soul, and the soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they dressed him in a purple robe. They kept coming up to him saying, Hail, King of the Judeans, and striking him on the face. Pilate went out again and said to them, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no case against him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Here is the man. When the chief priests and the police saw him, they shouted, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourself and crucify him. I find no case against him. The Judeans answered him, We have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die because he has claimed to be the Son of God. Now when Pilate heard this, he was more afraid than ever. He entered his headquarters again and asked Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Pilate therefore said to him, Do you refuse to speak to me? Do you know that I have power to release, release you and power to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no power over me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to release him. But the Judeans cried out, If you release this man, you are no friend of the emperor. Everyone who claims to be a king sets himself against the emperor. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus outside and sat on the judge's bench at the place called the Stone Pavement, or in the Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover, and it was about noon. He said to the Judeans, here is your king. They cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate asked them, shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, we have no king but the emperor. Then he handed him over to be crucified. So they took Jesus and carried the cross by himself. He went out to what is called the place of the skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. There they crucified him. And with the two others, one on either side with Jesus between them, Pilate also had an inscription written and put on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Judeans. Many of the Judeans read the inscription because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city and it was written in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek. Then the chief priests of the Judeans said to Pilate, do not write the king of the Judeans, but this man said, I am king of the Judeans. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts, one for each soldier. They also took his tunic, now the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from the top. So they said to one another, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see who will get it. This was to fulfill what the scriptures say, says. 
They divide my clothes among themselves, and for my clothes they cast lots. And that's what the soldiers did. Meanwhile, standing near the cross were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. After this, when Jesus knew that all was now finished, he said, in order to fulfill the scripture, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there. So they put a sponge full of the wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the wine, he said, It is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation, the Judeans did not want the bodies left on the cross during the Sabbath, especially because the Sabbath was a day of great solemnity. So they asked Pilate, to have the legs of the crucified men broken and the bodies removed. Then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once blood and water came out. He who saw this testified, so that you also may believe. His testimony is true, and he knows that he tells the truth. These things occurred so the scriptures might be fulfilled. None of his bones shall be broken. And again, another passage of scripture says, they will look on the one whom they have pierced. The Lord be with you. And also let, with you. let us pray. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Make these words more than words. And give us all the spirit of Jesus. Amen. The Holy Spirit testifies saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. There are children on our border. Have you heard? There are children on our border. Politicians from both sides of the aisle are posturing. Some are sincere in their beliefs. Some are pandering. It's hard to know sometimes who to believe, who to trust. But what we all agree upon is that there are children at our border and more are coming. 
what are we to do? A couple of weeks ago, I was talking with a friend who's an Episcopal priest, and we both spoke about how tired we are of having to bring the news into our sermons. We discussed ways of not doing so. We thought about ways of taking a break from sermons based on the 24-hour news cycle. We simply cannot keep up, and the rage machine that is social media may not be the voice of the Holy Spirit after all. She's there, and maybe she's speaking, but what does she sound like? Does she tweet? Maybe. I keep looking for her. I keep listening for her. She's not silent and I'm not deaf, but I think I'm discovering that I'm not accustomed to hearing her voice. But the author of Hebrews is. They know what she sounds like. The Holy Spirit testifies. Hold on to that phrase with me for a moment. The Holy Spirit testifies. She then proceeds, according to the author of Hebrews, to tell the church who they are. They are the one with the law on their hearts, their minds. Their sins are forgiven. There's no need for sacrifice any longer. This is her testimony. Then our intrepid author begins to tell the church what they should do. It reminds me a little of what it's like when a church, church growth consultant shows up to tell you how to improve all your programs. But this time the consultant actually tells you the truth. This is what you should do, O church. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Hold fast to hope. Provoke one another to love and good deeds. Meet together. Wear a mask and don't touch your face, but be community. Encourage one another. That's all. The fruit of the Spirit's testimony looks like this. That's all it looks like. It doesn't cower in fear from enemies real or imagined. It doesn't give up when things in inevitably get hard. Instead, it looks like all of this, especially as you see the day approaching. And we are always to see the day approaching. It is always upon us. Good Friday reminds us that it is both the end and the beginning spiraling around one another to fashion the now. Even in such a time as this, the Spirit testifies. In times when we don't know how to trust, in times when fear guides much of what we do, when hope feels like a rarity, when all we can do is bow down before the cross and grieve, the Holy Spirit still testifies. She testifies to hope. She testifies to love and good deeds. She testifies to the power of community. She testifies to encouragement. She testifies to faith. She testifies to forgiveness. She testifies to us 
the church, so that we might not forget who we are, even on Good Friday, maybe especially on Good Friday, when God in Christ Jesus dies and many of the followers of Jesus go into hiding. There are children on our border, and that's not all. There are black people being killed by the police. Asian Americans are increasingly the target of hate crimes. The suicide rate among LBGTQ people is alarmingly high. The wealth gap in our nation is widening. The list goes on and on and on, and social media is enraged. It's hard to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. In the face of so much, it might be easier to hunker down and wait it all out. But that's not who we are. The Holy Spirit testifies. Will we respond?
Dear people of God, our Heavenly Father sent his Son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved, that all who believe in him might be delivered from the power of sin and death and become heirs with him of everlasting life. Let us pray for the Jewish people who who possess an eternal covenant with the Lord, who delivered them from bondage to freedom, for continuing faithfulness to God's covenant with them, for their flourishing in peace as witnesses to God's sustaining love, for safety from all malice and harm, for the fullness of redemption for the sake of God's name, that unity and concord may exist between Israel and the church, Jew and Gentiles, in obedience to God's will. God of Abraham, you planted your people Israel as the root and grafted us as wild branches into a single olive tree of praise to you. As we come near to the cross, we lament the history of prejudice and violence we, we have fomented between ourselves and your faithful people of whom Jesus was born. Bless the children of your covenant, Jew and Gentile alike, as, as we strive together to attain the fullness of your blessing for the world. Amen. We pray, therefore, for people everywhere according to their needs. Let us pray for the Holy Catholic Church of Christ throughout the world, for its unity and witness and service, for all bishops and other ministers, and the people whom they serve, for Greg, our bishop, and all the people of this diocese, for all Christians in this community, for those about to be baptized, for those who are persecuted for the sake of Christ, that God will confirm the church in faith, increase it in love, and preserve it in peace. Almighty and everlasting God, by whose spirit the whole body of your faithful people is governed and sanctified, receive our supplications and prayers which we offer before you for all members of your holy church, that in their vocation and ministry, that they may truly and devoutly serve you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray for all nations and peoples of the earth and for those in authority among them. For Joe Biden, the President of the United States, for the Congress and the Supreme Court, for the members and representatives of the United Nations, for all who serve the common good, that by God's help they may seek justice and truth and live in peace and concord. Almighty God, kindle, we pray, in every heart the true love and peace, and guide with your wisdom those who take counsel for the nations of the earth, that in tranquility your dominion may increase until the earth is filled with the knowledge of your love through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 
Let us pray for all who suffer and are afflicted in body or in mind, for those who are hungry and homeless, destitute and oppressed, for the ill or disabled in body, mind or spirit, for those in loneliness, fear and anguish, for those who face temptation, doubt or despair, for those who are sorrowful and bereaved, for prisoners, refugees and captives, for victims of war, genocide, and trafficking, and all those in mortal danger, that God in his mercy will comfort and relieve them and grant them the knowledge of his love and stir up in us the will and patience to minister to their needs. Gracious God, the comfort of all who sorrow, the strength of all who suffer. Let the cry of those in misery and need come to you, that they may find your mercy present with them in their afflictions, and give us, we pray, the strength to serve them for the sake of him who suffered for us, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Merciful God, creator of all the people of the earth and lover of souls, have compassion on all who do not know you. May your love be preached with grace to those who have not heard it. Turn the hearts of those who are separated from you and bring home to your fold those who have gone astray or been forgotten. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us commit ourselves to God and pray for the grace of a holy life that with all who have departed this world and died in peace in the peace of Christ and those whose faith is known to God alone, we may be accounted worthy to enter into the fullness of the joy of our Lord, who receive and receive the crown of life in the day of resurrection. O God of unchangeable power and eternal light, look favorably on your whole church, that wonderful and sacred mystery. By the effectual working of your providence, carry out in tranquility the plan of salvation that the whole world see and know that things which were cast down are being raised up and things which have grown old are being made new and that all things are being brought to their perfection by him through whom all things were made, your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. And I invite you on mute to join with me in saying the veneration of the cross. We glory in your cross, O Lord, and praise and glorify your holy resurrection. For by virtue of your cross, joy has come to the whole world. May God be merciful to us and bless us. Show us the light of his countenance and come to us. Let your ways be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. We glory in your cross, O Lord, and praise and glorify your holy resurrection. For by virtue of your cross, joy has come to the whole world. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the whole world.
If we have died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. O Savior of the world, who by the cro- thy cross and precious blood hast redeemed us, save us and help us, we humbly beseech thee, O Lord. As our Savior Christ has taught us, we now pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, we pray you to set your passion, cross, and death between your judgment and our souls, now and in the hour of our death. Give mercy and grace to the living, pardon and rest to the dead, to your holy church, peace and concord, and to us sinners, everlasting life and glory, for with the Father and the Holy Spirit you live and reign one God, now and forever. Amen.